One of my goals with the Secret Podcast is to make the supernatural more natural and the paranormal more normal. These are events and occurrences that happen as a part of our natural and normal everyday lives. We've just been conditioned to ignore them and deny their existence. Well, it's time to undo that conditioning. I'm proud to announce that Ray Davis and I of Sixth Sense Media have created our own Sixth Sense Media clothing line. We can't always go up to somebody and say, hey, what do you think about disclosure and UFOs and aliens on the earth? But you can wear one of our Disclosure Now t-shirts and get people's attention. Start the conversation or connect with another like-minded person who sees your shirt. If you're a truth seeker or someone looking to enact positive change in the world, why not wear it with pride? Connect with other like-minded truth seekers and become the change you want to be and see in this world. Visit SixthSenseMedia.net, click on the store tab, and become the change you were born to inspire. Visit SixthSenseMedia.net, click on the store. Welcome to Truth Seekers. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life. There's something wrong in the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. This is it. This is the episode I have been waiting to do for years. Every episode of The Secret Podcast that I have produced has been building towards this one podcast right here. You've been with me through this journey. It is through this podcast, through this platform, through all of you that I have been able to keep going. And as I've been doing the show, my understanding of what I'm going to talk about this evening has grown and has developed and has allowed me to fine-tune it to a point where I can put it into writing, into words, into what I'm holding in my hands now. Food for the Archons. Hi, Truth Seekers. Dennis Nappy II with Sixth Sense Media. And you better believe tonight we're going to challenge reality, question what you've been taught, and hope to inspire a new direction of thought to bring about change as we make the paranormal normal and the supernatural natural. I'm going to read a chapter from the book tonight. I'm going to talk about this book. It's it's some great content in here. And if you've been following the show, the dots will be easy to connect. And, and it's, it's interesting. As I'm watching current events unfold, I've been putting out vlogs a couple days this week. And we're seeing some tech stuff coming out, some facial recognition stuff. And I, I touched on it last week and it was in the news again this week. If you've been following the show, you now have a greater filter. You have a way, I'm proud to say that, you have a way to look at what's coming across the news, what's coming out to scare you, and you can step back and say, I see what they're doing here. And you're better prepared to protect yourself. You're better prepared to not have the knee-jerk reaction. And I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of, of having created this content, this free content through the podcast for all of you out there. I want to take you to the next level. Now, I've given a lot in the show, but there are things that I just haven't been able to get into that I had to put into the book 
because of the complexities of it, because the book takes you on a journey, just like each one of these shows takes you on a journey. And I want to share with that tonight, because today is Friday, July 19th, 2019. You're five days away from the launch of this book. I'm going to give a quick plug. If you haven't pre-ordered yet, please do so for Kindle. It's at a discounted price. The price will go up on the 24th when the book launches. I'm trying to give you guys a break here, those of you that have been with me. Uh, so if you haven't done that yet, please, now is the time to do it. I've had a few of you sign up for the autograph copies as well. I look forward to send, signing those and sending them out to you once we launch. So here we go. Uh, so much going on in the world. You know, I just as I was sitting down to do the show, uh, you know, I got an alert on my phone. Apparently, Iran has uh, captured two British ships. Um, what are we doing? Where are we going? What is this going to lead to? I'm not spreading fear here, but you better believe that there will be other platforms out there that will be spreading the fear. Could this lead to war? Quite possibly. I ask that you use your intuition and you read multiple pieces of information before you make a decision on how you feel about this and what action or inaction you will take in support or opposition to whatever may come your way. That's all I'm going to say about that right now because I don't know much else. And I could be way off. We may not go to where they may throw some sanctions and the thing may end. Who knows? But that's what's being projected on certain platforms right now. So, um, interesting story. I'm just going to do one. I, I did a, um, I did a little bit on it last week talking about facial recognition. And then I put out a, a vlog going into even more detail. If you haven't checked out the vlog yet, check it out on the YouTube channel. I'll have the links at Six Sense Media. And then all of a sudden, right when I released the vlog, uh, the article comes out about the the old person face, the, what are they calling it, the uh, face app, where everybody was making themselves look like they were 80 years old and having fun with it. Um, the It comes out, oh, this is owned by the Russians. You ever, you ever notice, it's always the Russians, man, and I'm not saying that as I blame the Russians. They seem to be our scapegoat. Not saying that the Russians aren't involved in this. Not saying that, uh, you know, Russia doesn't have their own... Uh, adversarial stuff going on, but they just, I mean, it's always the Russians that they're throwing at us, man. Not just the Russians. We demonize everybody, don't we? But the, the here's the reality. I want to talk about this for a minute. What came out was uh, they were reading in their, I guess, their terms and conditions, and basically, and I'll go into it a little bit in an article here, but basically you're giving them the right to the photos, um, and the, the fear that was going on around the net was that, well, they now have access to all the photos on your phone, forever and you will not get any royalties if they use your photos and blah 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 blah. and number one listen your data is being mined and and this is what the vlog was about the other day your face your data your information your search habits everything is being mined by companies and disseminated throughout the world ai knows who you are the companies behind ai know who you are the governments of the world know who you are. And here's the thing. Our phones, what has happened with the use of smart technology is they have become an extension of our thinking. So they now have an idea of what's going on in our brains, which can be used for predictive technology. It can be used for very targeted marketing. I had an issue with my air conditioner today. I did one search on Google, and then I logged into Facebook a minute later, 
and I'm getting ads for the exact AC unit that I have in my house that I was that I was Googling. So that's one of the ways this is being used. And I encourage you again, I watch, I rewatched Minority Report this week because there's that scene where he's walking through the mall and they're calling him out by name because they're scanning his retina and they're saying, oh, it's been six weeks since we've seen you here. Would you be interested in this and this? Because they have all this metadata. They're going to look at you. They're going to target you. Not so bad, right? Well, it's kind of annoying, but what else could it be used for? The, the possibilities are limitless or endless of what they can do with that. So everybody's in a panic, but let's go back to a guy by the name of Edward Snowden, who comes out, I forget what year it was, several years ago, who comes out and says, oh my gosh, the NSA is collecting all sorts of data on you through your smartphone. They're able to listen to your conversation. They're able to listen to you through your smart TVs. They're gathering this information. They're making logs of who you've been talking to and who you're connected to, all this intelligence that they're collecting without a warrant for no reason other than, well, we might need it one day because you might be connected with somebody who might be involved in terrorism. So every, and here's the problem. Right now, you your belief system may be legal, but that may change. Or something you're involved in, that may change, and that could be later used against you. And not only that, I think I was talking, my friends and I laugh and we say, oh, we're so glad we didn't have smartphones when we were kids. And that's true because we did dumb stuff when we were kids. Now this stuff comes back to haunt you 20, 30 years later and it's demonizing people. Now, there are people who are, things are being brought to light and it they deserve to, to be exposed for what they are. But there's also times in life when you say something out of ignorance or you say something stupid and later learn a lesson or later mature or evolve. Now, are there people who say something, don't learn, and they continue to say it and use that language or treat people a certain way through their whole life? Yes, there are. But there are also people out there who do something dumb as a kid or as a 20-year-old and then what? Now we have to worry 15 years later a job's going to come back and be like, Yo, man, you said something inappropriate, or you did something dumb, and now we're going to put it all over social media, and we're going to embarrass you, and now you're going to the colony. I don't know what that's going to happen with that, but is that I, I'm speaking dystopian here, I know, but that's what I worry about. Can that happen? Yeah, that can happen. Okay, so let's move past that. They have this Facebook app, or this Face app thing. Uh, I have an article from the Washington Post. It's called, You've Downloaded Face App. Here's what you've just done to your privacy. And it's five questions all should have asked before we downloaded the latest viral app that that ages your face. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole article. I will um, leave the links for you to look at. But there's five questions here. It says, I'm going to read those. What data do they take? Face app uploads and processes our photos in the iCloud. Um, uh, this is a guy by the name of Goncharov said he's he's connected to this app. But the app will only upload a photo selected by the user for editing. The rest of your camera roll stays on your phone. You can also use FaceApp without giving it your name or email, and 99% of users do just that, he said. So basically what they're saying at the app is that, yes, if you uploaded your face to the app, any picture you uploaded, we now have custody of. But that's it. We're not going through your phone. We're not downloading things. Now, again, that's what they're saying. They could be lying, and, and let's take that with a grain of salt. But number two... How long do they hold on to my data? The app's term of, terms of service grant it perpetual license to our photos. Gorshanov, 
Gorsharov, I can't say the name, said FaceApp deletes most of the photos from its servers after 48 hours. Most, but it does keep some. I don't know what the criteria is. All right, number three. What are they doing with my data? Is FaceApp using our faces and the maps it makes of them for anything other than the express purposes of the app, such as running facial identification on us? No, Gorsharov said. Legally, though, the app's terms give it. And whoever may buy it or work with it in the future, the right to do whatever it wants through an irrevocable, non-exclusive, royalty-free, worldwide, fully paid, transferable, sub-licensed licensure. Clear as mud. So, they're right now they're not doing anything else with the face, but if somebody buys it, they can use that for facial recognition databases. Look at the vlog I just put out. Look at the uh, podcast last week. I touched on it as well with your digital identity. Okay, so your face is being mapped. It's being mined. This is just one among probably thousands of apps out there that are gathering that data. Who has access to my data? Do government authorities in Russia have access to our photos? No, Gorsharov said. Face apps engineers are based in Russia, so our data is not transferred there. He said the company also doesn't sell or share any user data with any third parties. Aside, I pointed out, from what it shares with trackers from Facebook and AdMob. Uh, another exception, users in Russia may have their data stored in Russia. Okay. How can I delete my data? Just deleting the app won't get rid of the photos FaceApp may have in the cloud. Gorshov said people can put in a request to delete all data from FaceApp servers, but the process is convoluted. For the fastest processing, we recommend sending the requests from the FaceApp mobile app using settings support, report a bug with the word privacy in the subject line. We're working on a better UI user interface for that, he says. All right, listen, I'm going to share this article um, at sixcentsmedia.net. It'll be in the newsletter for you to go and look and really do your own due diligence on this. But here's the thing. I'm going to say something that may sound controversial, but everybody that bought into this and got upset over it, you got played. You got played for downloading the app, and you got played for getting upset over it because Facebook does this every single day, and so many of us are on Facebook right now. Okay, so many of us are on Instagram right now. So many of us are using social media right now. So many of us take pictures with our cell or with our smartphones and send them out over the net. Your face is being mined exactly like this in countless ways every single day. But because an article comes out saying Russia got you, they got your app, everybody's up in arms about it. This is how the manipulation happens. This is how the media and the press get the fear going, get everybody buzzing up. Nope, everybody stopped talking about the Area 51 raid, and everybody stopped talking about Epstein and the sex slave stuff that's going on right now. Distraction, 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 distraction. Interesting. Side note. I'm not going to get on my side note yet. Anyway, have I, have I made my point? We're getting, we're getting sucked in. We need to step back and evaluate before we comment and go crazy over some of this stuff that's coming out, okay? All right, let me move past that. I just want to make one comment. A while back, a while back, I did uh, a show on David Wilcock and WikiLeaks because he came out with these outrageous claims. Now, I'm not a huge fan of David Wilcock. I'm not a huge fan of the way he presents information. Um one of the things he said was that there were, there will be mass arrests for people involved in pedophilia. He said that the elites, the people that are in control, they're going down. He called it the alliance versus the cabal, and he said the alliance, as people in government, he ties into some of the Q stuff, he said they're going to take these people down. 
that is starting to happen. Again, I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of, of Wilcock, but what he said was that the cabal is going to come down. They're going to come after these people for the, the sexual predator stuff and the pedophilia stuff. And he said this before this was really mainstream. And he says, and in order to get the attention off of them, what they're going to do is release information about extraterrestrial presence on Earth by disclosing this ancient site in Antarctica that was uh, ET UFO related that predates our current civilization. That hasn't come out yet except Farsight did an awesome uh, project on that looking at that data but remote viewing data. But are we getting close to that with things that are amping up with disclosure right now? Was Wilcock right? Is he, is he getting good intel from his sources? Is he getting some good intel and is he getting some disinformation? Probably a little bit of both. Anyway, you can go back and listen to the, the disclosure playlist that I have um, and it'll go revisit all of this. As this story progresses, I think you're going to want to be up to speed on exactly what's going on. It's an excellent analysis. I'm proud of it. All right, guys. I'm moving past the news. I'm moving into um, my work here, my project. This is... I, I don't even know the word to describe it. This is what I'm leaving behind. And I'm not going anywhere right now, but... I encountered something that terrified me. I encountered something that went against what was supposed to be real. I encountered something that, to me, I identified a situation that we're in that is not good. It was a helpless and hopeless situation, and there's a difference. Helpless is, I can't do this on my own. Hopeless is, there's no way anything can help me get out of this. And that's where I was as I watched my father die. And that's a helpless and hopeless situation as it is. But as he was dying, I had experiences that were supernatural and paranormal that I thought was crazy. And after he died and I went through that process and, and we said goodbye and, and I and not only looked at the corruption of the cancer industry, that was a whole other issue that I was dealing with. I then had to deal with, okay, I got these impressions and these intuitive downloads that basically there's an, there were energy parasites that were sucking our energy because we were so sad and scared for my father as he suffered horribly. I had to then ask myself, research, determine, go and learn. Number one, is it possible for somebody to receive data or information psychically? Is that something real, or are these people with overactive imaginations? Now, I've had psychic experiences my whole life, but I never fully researched it. And now I'm glaring at what I think is the greatest secret ever kept from mankind. I'm glaring at a glimpse of that. I was given a glimpse of that, and I had the number one I had to learn. Is it possible for us to receive psychic data? The next thing I had to learn was... Is it possible that there's an, an entity that feeds off of human energy? Is that possible as well? And I found it. And it's real. 
and I spent 55,000 words explaining it in a way that is, I think, easy to read and understand and follow. Um, anybody can pick this up and track it. So that's where I was at the beginning of this journey. But my journey started before my father got sick. And I want to share a part of that journey. So I'm going to read chapter one in part one of I Am Human, Food for the Archons. Humanity's Psychic Connection, Simulated Realities, Parallel Worlds, and the Manipulation of Mankind. Part one, the sixth sense. In the country of Gadarenes, after Jesus freed a man from his possession by unclean spirits, Jairus, one of the rulers of the synagogue, approached him. Jairus fell to Jesus' feet and begged him to save his daughter, who was close to death. Jesus agreed, and he made his way through the town. A crowd followed behind him. Within that crowd was a sick woman. For twelve years she suffered from a blood condition, and despite visiting many physicians and after spending all of her money, she could not be cured. As Jesus walked through the town, she joined the crowd and pressed in behind him. The woman reached out and touched his clothes, believing, believing that touching him would heal her sickness, and in doing so the plague dried up from her blood, and she was made well. As this happened, Jesus felt his virtue flowing from him, turned around and asked, Who touched my clothes? Mark 5, 30 How did he know? What did Jesus experience that allowed him to recognize someone siphoning his healing energy? Furthermore, how did the sick woman know that touching Jesus would heal her? What exactly was the virtue that she took from Jesus? Communication On a particularly hot day in July of 2009, I found myself escaping to the cool air of my local bookstore. I was searching for my next reading adventure, hopeful that I would find some answers to the incessant question that continually plagued my thoughts. I wandered curiously down aisle after aisle, searching the occult, spiritual, and religious sections while visualizing my intuition leading me to that glowing book with all the answers I had ever hoped to find. To my disappointment, the magic book of answers never manifested and I found myself staring at the same rows of muted books as I looped through the same three aisles. One of my, on one of my passes, I noticed a man, probably in his early 30s, standing at the end of one of the rows. He was dressed appropriately for the weather and area and didn't seem out of place in the least. Everything about this man's physical appearance seemed normal. However, as I approached him, I felt a growing discomfort press at the base of my neck. It was a deep pressure that alerted me as if something dangerous was pursuing me. As I walked closer to this man, the pressure grew in intensity. I passed him and walked quickly to another aisle. I gave myself a moment to explore the feelings I was experiencing and realized I had a sense that this casual-looking man was following me. Furthermore, I sensed he somehow knew I had detected his presence. A few moments later, he came around the aisle and walked toward me, just as I had expected him to. He passed uncomfortably close behind me, almost touching me, undoubtedly violating my personal space and causing my anxiety to spike. As he passed, the pressure at the base of my neck increased in intensity, and I then felt what can best be described as a draining of my energy. It seemed to be flowing out of me in his direction as he passed, as if someone had opened a valve and allowed it to drain freely. 
I immediately glared at him, making eye contact briefly before I rushed out of the store to the safety of my vehicle. Once there, the draining sensation stopped and the pressure at the base of my neck subsided. As I got in my car and drove toward home, the words psychic vampire floated through my mind. I had previously read an article that talked about these people who have an ability to psychically drain energy from their victims. But were they actually real? Had I really encountered one? The realness of the interaction was difficult for me to deny, yet I had still tried to attribute what I had experienced to an overactive imagination. I am aware that the mind can sometimes trick the body into feeling various sensations, but in this instance the sensations I had were not in any way preceded by thoughts of psychic vampirism or anything similar. Everything was spontaneous. Over the years I have learned to interpret my intuitive perceptions by judging them based on the immediate feelings I get prior to my conscious mind's contamination. In this instance, my perception of him attempting to drain me was raw and untainted by my damaging conscious thoughts. But had this encounter really happened, was this casual-looking man in the bookstore actually trying to siphon my energy? In analyzing this brief encounter, a few observations came to mind. Assuming this was a real event, I perceived the following. I felt his intent. It was a pressure at the back of my neck as if my fight-or-flight reaction was being stimulated and giving me a sense of being pursued. If an energy exchange was in fact pending, then this sensation was a possible indicator that it was happening. Was I feeling his presence or simply detecting the drain on my own energy? The next thing I observed about the encounter was my clear perception that he was aware that I knew what he was doing. If my perception was accurate, does this indicate a level of two-way communication between us? If this is true, then this is how our conversation went. Him. I'm going to take your energy. Me. Hey. I can hear you, and I'm not going to let you. Him. I'm going to try to do it anyway. Me. Fuck you. I'm leaving. Although not a single audible word was uttered between us, this was the unspoken conversation that I perceived. The fact that I sensed he was going to follow me and then moments later he walked uncomfortably close to me lends, in my opinion, some validation to what I was experiencing. If I'm correct in my assumptions, then we have to wonder not only if human beings are capable of sending and receiving energy, but also if that energy is encoded with information. If that energy is encoded, are we able to process and interpret that encoded data? Lastly, if we can receive and transmit data-encoded energy, can we also steal the energy of another, or send some misleading information? Thirty years ago, had we told people we would someday be able to stream video, images, text, and so much more into a small device that fits into our hands, the average person would have rolled their eyes and told us we watched too much Star Trek. Today, we enjoy instant communication through the wireless internet, a system that takes data and transmits it invisibly through the air to a device that is able to receive, interpret, and respond to such data. A mobile device, however, is much different than a living, breathing human being. Or is it? Do humans possess a mechanism by which to transmit and receive data? Surely, people with documented psychic abilities must have a mechanism that allows them to access the desired information. If this is the case, do we have evidence of it? Such a concept was clearly discussed in Mark 5, as the woman int intended to siphon Jesus' energy. When she did, Jesus knew. Much like when this man seemingly drained me of my energy, I also knew. 
This observation is by no means meant to compare me to Jesus. It does suggest, however, that humans may be capable of energetic transference and communication. There you have it, my friends. I hope your I hope your attention is captured with that. And uh, I'm just going to read the the, inter- the dedication in my book here and a quote that I've spoken about before. For you, Dad, I will never give up. I will never forget. This is not over, and somehow, some way, I will find an answer in this life or the next. We, those whom you see here, are then the avengers of the torments and suffering of our fathers. And that's a quote from the Mayan Popovu, their creation myth. So that's it. My heart's racing because this, uh, I'm giving this to you guys now. I hope that you will support this project. This is bigger than me. I believe this is bigger than all of us. This really dissects our reality when you just keep asking questions. I think this explains a lot, and I don't want to claim to have answers because I don't. And I don't want to claim to know anything because I don't. I documented it as I saw it and as I found it and through the eyes of people much more experienced and much smarter than me. I have 46 other sources that I quoted in here. And I I compiled information in a way that I think paints a picture. And, And I'm going back to when I was at one of my lowest points in my life dealing with PTSD. It was after the military. I was engaged at the time and uh, just at a bad point. And the only comfort I found was truth-seeking, was looking for answers. And at that point, I didn't know anything. And I remember uh, my my fiancé, we we were having a lot of problems. And uh, she wasn't treating me well. and, And we didn't understand how to, we didn't even know I had PTSD. We didn't know how to process it. She just thought I was a weirdo. And uh, she's in the shower. We're getting ready to go out. I remember I was going to spend like my last 10 bucks to buy her dinner because we were so broke. And I'm sitting there and she's in the shower and I'm on the computer. And I was looking at an article on occult symbolism in Catholicism, in religion. I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys have all, most of you truth seekers out there have been down that journey where you start seeing pagan symbolism in, you know, the, the Roman Catholic Church. So I'm reading this and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. I'm excited about it. And she comes out of the shower and she's like, hey, what are you, what are you reading? I said, this is amazing. You know, the, the, the pagans, there's symbolism hidden in, in the Catholic Church. And, she's, and she interrupts me. She says, I swear to effing God, you're the weirdest freaking person I ever met. You are never going to figure out where aliens come from or anything like that. You're so freaking weird. And she walked out of the room. And I closed my browser, and I was just crushed. I was crushed. Well, guess what? I learned something. I figured some of it out. And it's in this book. And that, that always sticks with me. That, that moment always sticks with me. And uh, there's always going to be people out there as truth seekers. There's always going to be somebody that doesn't like what you're looking at. And it's not because they're bad people, but it's because this information is uncomfortable. 
And if this information is true, it means that some of the things that we believe are not necessarily accurate. I could be completely wrong. Everything in this book could be wrong. So I'll caution you when you read this book. Because it's, it's going to connect things in, in ways that may be new to you. Maybe not. You may have all this. And then you'll read this and you'll go, yep, validation, I'm not alone. But it's not an easy journey because the ultimate goal of this journey is to figure out who are we and what are we doing? And I take it a step further, how can we do it better? And that those are my goals here. So I hope you'll join me. I hope to hear from you. I hope you'll write a review of this project because I want others to find it. I hope you'll share it with other people out there because I'm basically a no-budget operation here and I want to get this out. Uh, so I'm asking you to share it if you believe in, in what I'm doing here. Share it with everybody you possibly can. But again, there may be some tough conversations later to have about this. So this is it. This is uh, This is it, guys. So thank you for sticking with me this far. This is not the end of the journey. Not for me anyway. This is only the beginning. I have a journal full of, thi full of things that just came across my feed this week that I would love to get into on the show right now, but um, you know, each one of those needs its own episode. I've got guests that are lining up to come on that want to talk about more fantastic things, so I'm excited to get that out there as well. Um, so big things are coming, more things are coming. Keep searching, my friends. Find your answers. If what's in this book or what I say on this show doesn't jive with you, that's okay because your journey is different from mine. Take what resonates, discard the rest. Five years from now, you may say, you know what? I need that information that I discarded. I've done that countless times. All right, guys, I'm going to end it here, keeping it short tonight. Um, July 24th is the day. That's when it launches. If you've pre-ordered for your Kindle, that's when it will be sent. I just verified everything yesterday. It's ready to go. Everything's bookmarked. The uh, sources are all in there. It's a, it's a nice project there. I'd love to hear your feedback on it. You'll have it in your inbox for my pre-orders there. If you're waiting until the 24th to order your paperback, Please do it. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. And write that review. SixthSenseMedia.net slash Archons. SixthSenseMedia.net slash Archons. Still time to pre-order. That's where you can get the links for Amazon. That's where you can get the links if you want a signed copy. If you want a signed copy, you got to put your order in before the 23rd. Because uh, that's, that's when I'm processing them. So it's a limited time only for those signed copies. All right, my friends. That's it. I'm going to end the show here. I know I've said that twice already, but uh, I need to go. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for sticking with me through this journey. Many of you out there, uh, I want to thank you by name, but I haven't cleared it ahead of time. And I know some of us are, are weird with names being shouted out, but you know who you are. Those of you who have sent me emails, those of you who have reached out through the phone, those of you who have, um, who have, who have messaged me on Instagram, those of you who have messaged me on Facebook, 
Again, you know who you are. I appreciate every single one of your messages. I promise you, every time a message comes in, even if I'm not the best at responding, it kept me going because I've wanted to quit so many times. Just this week, I almost quit. And I got a message from a close friend at the right time uh, because it hasn't been an easy journey. So I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart to all of you. Let's keep this going with The Secret Podcast, with Six Sense Media, with Food for the Archons. Let's find our true power and tap into that intuition and better this existence. I'm Dennis Nappy II with Six Sense Media. This has been another episode of The Seeker Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning, keep an open mind, and let your intuition be your guide. Thanks for listening.